Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast of which we are the worst. I am Eddie. I'm Alec. And I'm Jasper. And today we're going to be talking about Jasper's book. Yeah. Enter the Lamb's Head. Welcome, Jasper. Yeah, thanks. Good to have you back on the show. Um, fans have been clamoring nonstop. When's that Jasper guy coming back on? For those yeah. of you guys who don't know, he was on the episode of, it was called How to Keep the Faith in College, and I believe he was episode one, two, or three. Correct. We've I, narrowed it down to yes. those three. <laughs> I, I think I was one. And an update for my fans, I have kept the faith in college. Well, which is that's essential. actually actually <laughs> you figured it was too difficult. I kept to keep... the faith. I didn't keep the college. <laughs> I've kept the faith in the college age. Uh, yeah. Since since then, you've, you've kind of looked around different things, but you uh, have had the opportunity to take some time to write, which is something that you've always been yes. doing throughout your whole life. But uh, particularly now you have had time to really put some pen to paper and mm-hmm. have written a complete book, right? Put some yes. finger to keyboard. Yeah. Put, no, put no, some, he hand wrote key, key, key to Google Doc. <laughs> so yeah, we're just, you know, going to talk a little bit about that. Come on and uh, we're going to spend some time talking about that. But before we do, I think it'd be interesting just to hear from our sponsor. <laughs> Squarespace. <laughs> uh, but maybe talk just about what... Like, just talk a little bit about art in general. I know we've had conversations about it before. I'm not going to ramble too much about this, but I think... I'm going to ramble just the right amount. Just the, <laughs> the perfect amount of rambling. Prime rambling. Uh, a little bit about just, like, art and Christian... Like, having Christian themes in art, I think that it's important. I think something that we don't always do. And then just the importance of trying things and seeing things through to the end. I know that... We can start with that one. I know, for me personally... Uh, I've always struggled with like, you know, you take on a hobby and then you, you don't really see it through. I know that a lot of people do that. I mean, the amount of mountain bikes that people have purchased and never, uh, (laughs) or guitars that people have purchased and never played and surfboards and things like that, where especially, I don't know. I feel like people are all in for something, especially something that costs money and they just, they just throw all their money (laughs) at it immediately. You can get before having to start the hobby, the better. That's that's the that's the sweet spot, right? <laughs> then people can go to your house and be like, "Look at wow, this guy really hikes. Like, look at all this backpacking gear. Have you ever been back? Where have you been backpacking? Well, just a big fan of the gear." You know? <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that I've heard advice for seeing a hobby through is don't tell someone about it too early because then you get the gratification of as if you did it and the recognition of it before having actually done it. So like after you go on a hike or after you've written three chapters of your book or, or something even more maybe, yeah, that's uh, interesting. but make some progress first. I, in high school, I wrote half of a different book and then I started showing people and I didn't get much further after that and never thought about that. Yeah. Cause you get that validation of like, whoa, look, you, you did it. You're doing it. Right. You read yeah, a yeah. book. Uh, read a book, wrote a book. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't get I'm too really much validation. Into, I'm really looking into writing a book. I mean, no, what? <laughs> I'm really looking into reading a book. Haven't done it yet. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, because you did, you did start a book, and you were pretty happy with it. But then I think, for whatever reason, now you didn't start. You didn't. See that one through, yeah. And then you and started this. That one. was the second book that I wrote after I started the one that I finished. Now I did that one, and then the other one, and now I'm back to this one. Hmm. I've kind of been all over the place with a lot of things, with especially with like career stuff. 
and uh but this this particular story is the one that i keep coming back to which is super exciting i'm super excited that i've finally finished it and i've and it's up on on amazon go check it out <laughs> yeah what is the book called just we're gonna have to say it multiple times because in case people for, forget right. enter the lamb's head the adventures of ranthos book one by jasper v last name redacted <laughs> <laughs> Jasper middle initial redacted. <laughs> uh, I reached out to somebody about it. And so his actual name, Jasper B. Hammer. And somebody thought that it was, uh, several people commented on that they thought it was a pen name and not your actual name. Right. I considered doing a pen name, but then I figured that my name already sounds fake and it turns out I was right. Yeah. Because it could be anything. Jasper B. Screwdriver, Jasper B. Drill. But really Jasper B. Hammer. just pointed to what was closest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know my, my dad said he should have changed his first name to Armin. So he could have been Arm and Hammer, uh, but maybe copyright issues with that. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard that one. I've heard Jack, and I've heard um, yeah. I've heard Big, which got a big laugh but wasn't funny. A big Hammer. <laughs> you should change your name to Big. Actually, no. Weirdest thing, they were just telling everyone to change their name to Big, not no, not knowing his last name. Yeah, Big last name redacted. <laughs> That's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> I actually, yeah, kind of circling back, I don't think I've ever really, and this is why this one's a warm-up, right? Because we are all over the place. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'd ever really thought about that, right? I Maybe we've talked about that before, but it is interesting that you can get the reward. Uh, and maybe that's why people buy so much stuff. It's like, oh, I feel like I'm in the club, right? I'm included into this hobby now. But then the thing is, a lot of hobbies, they take a lot of work. You know, I think probably uh, the, one of the differences between like a like and a hobby is that a hobby requires effort almost. I mean, maybe there's probably might be something there, mm -hmm. but most hobbies, they seem like you have to invest something into it. So it is difficult. Probably should have been more productive with my time in, during the, the coronavirus. I think it's one of those things where it's like, I almost want to start it over and do it again and, and do it more productively, but that's definitely <laughs> but not then what the I want. But the thing is, we're still in it and we're not becoming more productive now. So why would it be different if we went back? Yeah. This is the, the classic people are always like, man, if I just, if I lived in Europe, I would just go to little coffee shops all the time. And I would, you know, well, you don't go to coffee shops now. So, yeah. <laughs> and you don't sit outside and read books on the like, outside of a coffee shop, sipping your espresso. You're not going to do it in Europe. If you don't do it, if you don't do it here, uh, you know, maybe we don't have as many of them, but we don't even, t you don't even go on walks. So, <laughs> It would just be different over there. That's probably, there's an episode there, right? People think that something else is going to change. What's like external and, motivation. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. No. And the other thing is that we maybe share it early or don't try because we're afraid of it not being good. So maybe we don't try it because we're afraid of it going poorly. And I stumbled into this quote that I like. And it says, the forest would be quiet if no bird sang, but the bird that sang best. Mm -hmm. So the way I interpret that is it doesn't matter if you're the best at it. It doesn't even really matter if you're good at it, but to try. And that there is beauty in the trying for you personally, but also just for the greater good of the forest, it is better for birds to sing. So you're saying his book is bad. I know what I'm saying is <laughs> it's not the best book ever written technically, technically what that it. means but i also haven't read it yet so <laughs> i can't even accurately say that it might be the best book ever written i have read it because I, I also hate it we've talked about this before where people in podcasts they like have people on to talk about their book when they've never read the book 
this is a little bit different because we're not like specifically giving our opinions on the book. Well, I can't because I read it. Yeah, I haven't read it, <laughs> uh, but I'll give my opinions. <laughs> um, but no, this that's. But anyway, yeah, I think that is there is something there to not be so scared, right? It's the you you don't want to the the fear of failure, right? That prevents people from doing things, or just the exhaustion of doing something and seeing something through to the end. Did you experience any of that while you were writing, like worried that it wasn't good enough or because I imagine it was probably a pretty stressful experience to pull the trigger and be like, OK, I'm going to publish this. Right. Yeah. Instead yeah. of, I, yeah. it, you know, there's people who they'll go through a million edits. And, oh, one more edit oh, and one more edit because they just don't want to. They're afraid of sucking. Right. <laughs> yeah. I ended up narrowing it down to a list of these are like the 20 things that I need to fix before this is presentable. And there are more things that I would like to go through and just smooth out, but there's going to be 50 more after that. You know, I don't know if art is ever really done. I haven't thought about that, but that is a question, you know, um, done is better than perfect. They say, right. Yeah. And, um, it just came to the point where it was like, this is good. This is as good as it needs to be to get the message across and tell the story I want to tell. And, and so you can start telling more stories after this. Exactly. Yeah. Because a lot of this whole book, like I'm way more excited about where this series is going than where it's been so far, you know, and that's kind of a dumb thing to say about the first book in a series, but you know, so this was almost just kind of like, let's get this out of the way and let's get into wanting to write an adventure, you know, and get all the way through it. Yeah. Do you find that that I can imagine that there's so much story that you want to tell? Do you find yourself impatient about getting there? I'm thinking of like, the difficulty if we have plans that we're excited about later in the day that we have trouble being present where we are currently in the day and maybe similar when you're writing, you're so excited to get to this other part that you're kind of just getting through this. Definitely. And that was, I was caught when I was publishing this book and getting this one set up, I was caught in that spot in book two, which I was working on at the same time. And it was like, I just kind of want to be done with this. And so I dropped book two for a really long time because and just said made the excuse of oh I'm I'm working on publishing book one so I don't need to be working on this when I was at one of those spots where it was just kind of nothing was really happening but it was a necessary part of just the pacing of the story it needed to have a lull you know and that was more boring so you guys can skip book two is what I'm hearing <laughs> <laughs> I I actually like book two a lot more than book one so if you like book one. Yeah, I hear book two is the second worst out of all the ones that are being written right now, and, <laughs> and the first one is the second best. So that's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, how can one be the second best if two is the second worst? Because there's only two books, so they're the same. Exactly. Because if so, one is the second best, that means that two is the best. Yeah. But if two is the second worst, that means it's the worst. So two is no, no, the second, worst and the best. Second second worst means means it's the not the worst but the second worst second so, from the worst so there's one worse than it yeah which is okay. one cool yeah all right so edit that out you're not going to now <laughs> now that i was wrong <laughs> so yeah i mean kudos to you right i think that it's it's something that a lot of people I mean, we've talked about hobbies before and, and things just just trying your best to to do things and again huge huge props to even just having the the stones to to be like okay i'm doing it um, the hammers the hammers just <laughs> the uh, bee hammers <laughs> uh, i think that that's commendable yeah and the i think the biggest part of it was not, i didn't like happen to like this is my hobby and so oh i finally finished it i decided that i, I just had to like I, that i i set the goal i wanted to finish this 
And so I just kind of got rid of everything else that I was doing and did that. Like I stopped playing uh, board games for a while with my family and just kind of like treated it like a nine to five job. And uh, I, so what I'm hearing is when you had a nine to five job, you were playing board games with your family instead of the job. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Did you try to find a balance or were you kind of just all in on the book? Like, were you saying only after 5 p.m. will I do things or was it, no, I'm not even going to do anything because I'm going to kind of obsessively work over the book. Yeah. And I don't mean that to sound negative, but. I, because, well, quarantine hit and I stopped going to college because it was like, what am I even paying for? And then. It As someone kind of- who's going to college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but your college is in person. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> um, Don't pretend to know our pain. <laughs> I was all stressed. Like, oh man, I really have to be, I have to be doing something if I'm not, you know, I got to be making progress on my life somehow, you know? And uh, so I just kind of like, maybe a little bit of fear dro- drove me forward to finish the book, you know? And yeah, uh, so just to make it clear, it's not like, it's a it's a fiction story. It's a fantasy story. It's yes. not a, it's an autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not like a theological book or anything like that. But I think that the other thing we want to talk about is it's so important to have uh, Christian themes in art where I think we've lost a lot of that because it used to be that pretty much all art that was coming out had at least some semblance of a Christian background. Uh, and I'm not saying that, I mean, the Bible's R-rated, right? So it's not like it needs to be goody two-shoes all the time. And this book definitely isn't. Uh, but it ha- it's it, there is clearly a Christian undertone throughout the whole thing. And there's a magic. The, the magic in this in the story, when you look into it and, and, you, and you read about it, it's like, okay, there's clearly, like, there, it's just a, a clever way of telling a rendition of the Christian story. In the same way, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis does it in Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, obviously, Tolkien does it in, um, what's that book called? <laughs> The King Prince of, of the, the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> what I would touch on with that is that you phrase it as Christian themes and not just like overtly thumping like, hey, let me tell you how Christian I am through a story, but that there is, and we would argue, right, something innate in us that has a love of these themes and has these questions. And so to present that in a way that is a good story instead of is first a lot of people more effective than just like quoting scripture at them. Yeah. There's definitely a need. I think about a lot, like there's so many praise and worship bands and things. And really the world, there is a greater need in the world for bands that are Christian than Christian bands. Uh, and there's a greater need for, I think there's not as many, uh, not a greater need for like Christian books. Like there's everyone keeps writing books. And I mean, and I, also dabble in writing Christian So what you're saying is like we need more podcasts that are Christian than Christian podcasts. <laughs> Probably, right? And that's the thing we've talked about before. Like it's uh, the world doesn't need another Catholic guys podcast. The world doesn't need another book on how to discern. Like I, people always tell me like, you got to read this book. I'm like, when did it come out? Because I've got, there, there's like so many classics that I, I, I need to read as far as I'm talking about like specifically with theology. It's like, I'm working my way through G.K. Chesterton and C.S. Lewis before I touch anything that's been written in the 20th century. Like, I mean, sorry, the, the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not 100% true. Obviously, there's exceptions to that. But My book. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a fiction book. That's different. Yeah. Where in the sense that we need people who are making movies, who are making books, who are doing these things uh, to express the goodness without just thumping people over the head because obviously we know that that's not always super effective. So want to talk about your experience with like inter... inter- weaving that because also you step into the realm of magic which again i think is something that people get kind of freaked out about right because it's like 
like Harry Potter's from the devil and you know the devil has magic and all this all this other stuff so uh do you want to just walk us through a little bit through your experience of how did you lace this with Christianity and also like the experience with the magic systems and all that stuff yeah so in with the magic I I used to be Protestant and I knew a lot of people that felt that way about um certain fantasy stories where you know it's magic so it's it's wrong and the way that I reconciled it in my head then was the magic system is not wrong by that logic if it is possible for anyone to do it. So like if it's not something special that you have to get from some weird power, if it's just kind of like an innate ability that these people have, then it's fine. Right. And that's how I treat the magic in this. But also I don't think that that is even necessary anymore. That's an interesting distinction though, where, because if you do treat it as, you know, you have God gives everybody abilities and you can use those abilities for good or bad. So you can imagine a world where there, those abilities that are given are also magical. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, selling your soul to the devil. Right, exactly. For a bag of magic balls. <laughs> <laughs> you should write books. <laughs> and then in terms of working Christianity into the story, I didn't want to be like well okay i didn't want to be like tolkien and i didn't want to be like c.s lewis because i knew i couldn't do it as well right and so i i needed to take it away from some really skillful allegory and just kind of set it in the in a world that is christian or that has christianity in it and so what i did is i made there be a church in in the town that the character grows up in and there are characters in it that believe in a religion very similar to Christianity, you know, and the, the only difference is like the name of God is not God. It's the one, but there's no different, no difference besides that. Right. And then, then I write the story and I write how this situation is going to, is going to happen. And I think how would, what's, what is a Christian to do in this situation with these monsters and these magical things? And that, and so it's not it's not removed like you have Aslan who symbolizes Christ. It's a guy trying to what? follow Christ. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on back up. That's a that seems like a big step. <laughs> um, you have a guy who's fighting monsters, who believes in Christ. Yeah, and that's another thing was I didn't want to make it so forceful as certain other Christian fiction, um, and so I. I decided to start with the main character not even believing, right? He's just sort of apathetic to it, you know? He doesn't believe in anything else, but he doesn't, you know, he's just a young guy who doesn't really, really care. And um, this is the thing that, that, that I do in general with the book, or I try to do, is I, I don't, I didn't put any romance, I cut all the romance out of this first book because I felt like it just felt crammed in there, right? And if I'm going to do that with now romance... Now you're never going to sell a movie title to it because there's no <laughs> <romance>. <laughs> No, they'll just add romance. Yeah. They'll cram it in. Um, and so if, if I feel that way about a romance between two characters, I have to apply that with even greater um, reverence to his uh, relationship with the one in this case. And I think that that's... Uh, I think that's so important because a lot of people... That, I, I don't know. I mean we always say a lot of people and I haven't talked to too many people about it, but there seems to be an air in, in the world, especially in certain Christian circles where, you know, I think they're afraid of the world, right? They're, they're, they're afraid of 
of taking on the world that like, Christianity is this pure little bubble that needs to be protected. Whereas in reality, like Christianity is like, like who wants to talk? Like, <laughs> like where, where am I going? What slum am I going into next? Like what, what, what darkness am I stepping into now? And I think people think that the stories need to be perfect. Like again, read the Bible, right? It's full of really, really bad stuff that people in the name of God did or people who were believers did. So in the story, the main character Ranthos, right? He, he is not a Christian, but like he, or, you know, whatever, whatever they call it. Right. Uh, but they, he, it's, it's an important, you see him becoming one, you, or you, you, even not really yet, but you see him like battling with this and struggling with this. And I think that that's something that mm, we need to tell stories like that. We need to tell stories of people who are struggling with these things. And I think, do you mind if we talk a little bit about the bad guys? Because, sure, go ahead. Um, and the, the villains in, in the story, they essentially make a mockery of the religion. So, intentionally some of the wording in in the story is uh it's almost like alludes to like christianity but it's like they're kind of like bad guys and they intentionally are trying to go around and and again that stuff like that happens too so you can tell a story about a bad guy who has a difficult relationship with god who wants like you know to get revenge on him or wants to try and prove that he doesn't need him or whatever it is because that's what people do right so uh and to shy away from those stories is a missed opportunity for evangelization one and two to tell the human experience which is ultimately the purpose of art yeah and i think it's also an important distinction that i make so that people don't have the so that people have the right understanding of, of the book is it's especially book one it's not the goal of book one and the and the moral of the story was not specifically christianity it was this one was about how do you be brave right and so it's kind of like People will always use, I've heard a bunch of homilies and sermons about people comparing the faith to Star Wars, right? And talk about how there's these Christian themes in Star Wars, right? When they're not, well, they are Christian themes, but they weren't made to be Christian themes when they made Star Wars. They just happen to be good, true themes. And so Christianity agrees with them, right? And so that's where this book starts. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's a world that takes place that has Christian values without like, again, being super overtly Christian, which again, like we've said, is where I think a real authentic need is. So, uh, again, hats off to you. Thanks. Um, <laughs> well done. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, uh, again, Jasper, and he has written a book. Do you want to say, again, want to say what what can they, what can they do to support uh, this uh, young and upcoming author? Uh, author who writes books. Author who writes books. <laughs> you know, where can they get the book? Is there, is there any other information you want them to know for our millions of listeners? Right. Um, Billions, actually, now. Billions now. Wow. You didn't <laughs> tell me. It's yeah. very impressive. I, you know, I was. we were so ready for it and expecting it. <laughs> it is called Enter the Lamb's Head, uh, The Adventures of Ranthos, book one. It's on Amazon. You can order a paperback. You can uh, get an ebook, And if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can uh, read it for free, which is pretty cool. And if you are interested, if, if you get to the end of this book and you can't wait for more, I've got a Patreon where I'm releasing my works in progress. I've got three, three chapters of book two up, um, and you can come in, help, help me iron out the kinks in the story. And uh, then I think in uh, two months or so, uh, the end of February, book two will be available um, on Amazon as well. So hurry up and order it so that you can read it and be ready for the, the much anticipated release. Yeah. Very good. So go ahead and sinners take yourself over to Amazon and purchase that paper co- paperback copy <laughs> of Enter the Lamb's Head. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>